3: Got the whole package. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Romy. Rami. With Rami. Eeyah! Eeyah! Okay. I think
4: we should start with it. I, okay. We got Alex Boone hanging out with us. Pull it up. Bro. Crossing over from Purple Daily. Oh, man. Uh, and we got to get to Alex made an announcement an hour ago that we have a bunch of questions about. But Alex, yes. when you hear the uh, the noise,
3: <laughs> it is
4: this? it means we're going to throw it to the Stefan Diggs cryptic tweets update desk with yes. Rami Maxwell the
1: Stefan Diggs cryptic tweet alert system. Uh, Johnny Kinsley tweeted out. I don't know who Johnny Kinsley is. He's an NFL writer for Riot Report. What is Riot Report? Not sure, but he tweeted out <laughs> along with the GIF. Does
4: this, does, does this need the reckless speculation sound? Possibly. Or two? Okay. He just
1: tweeted out I'm convinced that Stephon Diggs is a top five route runner. You could make a convincing argument. He's all caps the best route runner in the NFL right now. Stephon Diggs quote tweeted, quote tweeted that with a GIF of him winking into the camera.
3: Eon! <laughs> wow.
1: I don't know, man. More cryptic Stephon Diggs tweets. I don't know. Really? What does it all mean? But at least so?
5: we get that one.
1: I don't know. Do we? Oh, Do
4: yeah, we? yeah. Yeah, that doesn't really involve I, I the know. No, that doesn't involve I feel involve like, the is, is he winking at Rick Spielman saying, trade me? I, I don't know. He's winking <laughs> at, <the> <laughs> <laughs> at
5: the world. He's winking at the world. saying, I'm great. I don't know. I don't know.
4: So uh, if any more Stefan Diggs cryptic tweets come across during the show today, we have you covered here on Scornarth, on Mackie and Judd with Ron.
3: Eon. Oh, Eon.
4: So uh, all over it. So, uh, Alex, you announced about an hour ago that uh, you are sick of Score North. You're done with Matthew Collar and you're done, done with, with Rami, uh, and you're you're so sick of all of those things that you're going to go back to the NFL here. Uh, for for the audience that's just joining us, you've been a part of Purple Daily for the last several months. You've been a part of Score North and and doing fun things with us. But you're also only 32 years old and in ridiculously good shape. And uh, you floated this notion of going back to the NFL just a couple weeks ago with Rami, and uh, some NFL teams called, and, and here we are. So we're wishing you luck, man, but tell the audience more.
0: Dude, I appreciate it. No, I basically just, you know, my agent was at the combine, and I guess it came up, and they were like, you know, you guys claimed he was always in shape. Is he still in shape? And they were like, dude, he, of course he is. Like, he's a wild man. He can't sleep. And they were like, all right, well, (laughs) one of the teams was like, dude, I saw him at the Super Bowl. He's like, 160 pounds. If he can gain the rest of the weight, you know, we might have something for him. We might be interested. And so my agent called me and was like, dude, I hope you're sitting down. And as soon as he told me, I thought he was messing with me. And I actually, Phil, you can can attest to this. I called you Sunday night after I had kind of thought about it all weekend and talked to people and had like, because I know it sounds crazy. Two years out, people are like, dude. But everybody I talked to was like, yes, you got to do it, dude. If you're going to do it, you got to do it. Because you your passion for the game, you love it. You clearly want to keep doing it. Why stop if you can keep, continue to go and chase that championship? I've always felt like I wanted like, – chasing a championship has always been the most fun for me because it's so hard, and you fall down so many times, but you have to keep getting up. And it's kind of like who can get up faster, who can get up the most. Like There's so many little games – Inside the NFL, and, you know the coaches used to say the game within the game, and, and everyone takes that differently. But the minute I heard that there was a chance to possibly play again, my body was like, "Dude, we got to go. We have to do this." And I and I called people to be like, "Dude, listen, this is going to sound crazy," and they were like, "Doesn't sound crazy at all. I think you should absolutely do it if you can." I was like, "All right, thank you for that. Appreciate it." So, what what caused you a couple of years
5: ago, Alex, to step away, and and how much have those things come around and recovered by now? to make this a realistic goal?
0: I think it was more a couple years ago, people were like, man, he's really banged up probably. And, you know, we had some things lined up with teams and they just fell through. And whether it was, you know, at the time uh, people that I was around, you know, not wanting me to play, not wanting me to continue, whatever it was, you know, now it's different. And now I see the light and I'm like, listen, because everyone's like, dude, this is it. If you're not And, Phil, you said the same thing that a lot of people said. If if this is your chance to do it and you say no, there's no more coming back. Like There's no more like, hey, five years down the road, oh, man, I wish I would have. Like I think the one thing people forget is that you've chased this dream for so long, and it's not even playing in the NFL. It's winning a championship. Once you get in the NFL, like, dude, all right, we hit that milestone. Now we got to hit the next one, and it's winning a championship. And chasing that for so many years and watching guys play, and I'm just, you know, my wife knows I'm clearly so into football. I love everything about it. I'm passionate. You guys can tell. I love talking ball. I love playing it even more. I love sitting in the rooms with the coaches. I love learning. I love understanding how they understand it. You know, one of the greatest things I ever did was, I talked to Greg Roman so much when he was my OC because I always wanted to know what he was thinking. And Mike Solari, one of the greatest guru offensive line coaches in the league. Like he was so adamant about everything, you know, being so vocal and the communication always had to be so out there. That I just ended up embracing all that. I ended up loving it and I just the fact that I can go back again possibly and play and compete and possibly win a championship is everything I want right now.
1: Now as Phil mentioned and I don't think we need to mention it too much. You're in good shape, but there's a difference between being in good shape for like me, Phil, or Judd, or anybody who works in radio, and being in NFL football shape. How close are you to football shape? You said something about having to put some weight back on. How much weight are we talking about?
0: Realistically, it would be about 15 pounds to get to 300, and that would take probably three weeks. Now, are we talking 15 good pounds, or just any 15 pounds will do? No, it'll be 15 great pounds, because it... I mean, dude, the minute that my agent was like, listen, sit down, we're gonna talk about this. Cause and, and I said on my show, he he called me again on Sunday and was like and I think he was more worried that I was messing with him more than he was messing with me. And he was like, Listen, dude, like you can't show up at 260 and expect these people to really consider you. Like you have to really be this way. And I was like, dude, I'm two eighty right now. I'm ready to go. As soon as my body heard that we might be playing football again, it got into like battle mode. And it was like, All right, let's go, let's do this. And You know, instantly, the weight room became my friend again like in a better way. And now, all of a sudden, you start lifting heavy weights again. You start taking pass sets. And I feel like my sets now are even cleaner than they ever were before. Football. Don't give me
1: a second. I was going to say, I could help you out if just any 15 pounds would do. I could help you in (laughs) quote-unquote training. But if it's got to be 15 good pounds, I'm out, Boonie. I'm sorry. Can't help.
0: You could come over and train, dude. It would be kind of fun, I think.
1: I might take you up on that one day. That might like, be good that might be good, good uh content for the social media if I try to train with like, Boone.
4: Is gaining, is gaining fifteen good pounds fun? Or is it is it treacherous? like what kind of
0: foods I mean, you can do
1: get it? to eat, right?
0: You're right. eating more than you usually do. So like I'll tell you today or what was it, yesterday. So breakfast was like twelve eggs, right? Plus <laughs> <What>? like grapefruits. <laughs> what? I actually I, are you, are you attest- trying to
5: play football or die? Honestly, I can <laughs> attest to
0: this. Like,
4: so Alex, la- the last time Alex and I got breakfast, like a month ago, before this NFL stuff started hitting, I think you ordered like 19 eggs, just uh, in, like a casual Sunday morning. So, <laughs> Good
0: Lord, I'm nobody, sorry, I, carry on, uh, no I don't eat like that. But I mean, dude, once I heard it was football and the weight room too. I mean, like yesterday, I squatted 315 for two hours straight. You just oh, come to- on, I mean, dude, football. Today no, was man. 200 pull-ups. I mean, it, it's no because it's you got to come back, and that's another thing that I don't think people understand is like you can't just say, "Hey, listen." Like people are like, "Hey, we're interested." Is he really interested? And you're like, "Yes," and then you come back not ready. I'm going to have egg on my face because people know twelve. that I train <laughs> a certain way. Oh, a ton of dick, twelve eggs. All there, people know that I train a certain way, so they're like, "Dude, listen. If he's really not ready to come back, don't bring him back." And it's I'm ready. I'm prepared to do this. I'm ready to go. I want to do this. It's so fun. Like, just thinking about being able to come back is so fun to me.
5: So, are you going to be signing or, you know, going with a team in March, do you think? Or how does this unfold now when you come back after a hiatus?
0: That is remains to be seen because even the people that like my agent was like listen dude i think we're all kind of in unknown territory right now like we've we've just kind of established we all have mutual interest to come back now everybody has to go back and there he was like you kind of threw everybody for a loop because now they have to put your name up on the board and there's a big board right now in two weeks that everyone's going to get selected from he was like you know it could be a month it could be six weeks you know but the key is you can't chase this forever You know, I think that when you're looking at this kind of situation, you're like, listen, I have four kids and a wife and I have a lot of fun with you guys. So if this doesn't happen within a certain amount of time, it's I'll shut it down myself. Like, listen, because you never know when someone's messing with you. You never know what the combine of people are being for real or authentic. But to me, the fact that, you know, when it got brought up that they were kind of serious and that my agent was kind of serious, it was kind of like. Well, I don't think that anyone would really do that to like maliciously to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like normally if it got brought up, they would probably be like, dude, how's that Boone? Is he dead yet? Like normally that's <laughs> how they would say it if they didn't like you. So so Mackie and
4: Jeb with Rami, our buddy Alex Boone from Purple Daily is hanging out with us and he's he's gonna he's gonna spend the next month making a run to, to return to the NFL. And I guess my, my my next question for you is what would constitute you've been out of the game for two years. Young. You're, I mean, 32 in, in... Young. Like, 32 for us is like... That was 20 years ago for Judd. I mean, but in, but in football <laughs> yeah, you're a sense... you're But in football sense, it's not... You know, you're not a spring chicken. What would constitute a successful return to the NFL
0: for you? I mean, just getting to go play football would constitute... I mean, obviously winning a championship will always be the end goal. But just getting back to play, I mean, everything about the game is so fun to me the training the preparation the process the practice the learning the games the you know the the bus ride to the game was some of the most fun i've ever had in my life and nobody really talked like it was just sitting there thinking like all the work that you've done your entire life has finally paid off and everything you've ever wanted is right here and The thing I love about football is, yeah, it's a team game, but it comes down to individuals. And if you don't pull your weight individually, it shows up. And you're looking around, and I remember looking around at some of the greatest players ever, and you're like, man, this is these dudes expect a lot. And that, to me, is fun. The challenge of it, the drive of it, the fact that not a lot of people get to do this, and the fact that not a lot of people, if any, have come back after two years to do it. So I I really you know at first i was like this is crazy but even my wife was like listen if anyone's going to do it it's got to be you yeah what
4: so what what percentage of i've always wondered this about football because you know like the highs seem amazing when you're scoring oh, yeah. a touchdown or you're winning a championship or all the you know you're you're making money and all these things but then there's all these other things that just seem terrible and yeah. that's why i quit football in 8th grade wait you're going to make us <laughs> run around these fields and like i can't take a water break so like what percentage of football is fun versus grind
0: 100% is fun. I really, I'm, you're, you're talking to the guy who every year took three days off and went right back into training. Three days was the most I've ever taken off. I mean, it, it, there were times that my trainer was like, I'm going to kick you out of the gym for a week. Like, you can't be here. And I was like, why? We need to go. I'm sure somebody's training right now to beat us. We have to constantly go. And I don't know if you guys know me well enough, but I never like to stop. I'm always doing, going, trying to go somewhere. I have four kids. I could have four more, and I still would be going, going, going. You might going. want to con- consult your wife before the, the, the next one. Oh, it's not possible, <laughs> sure. believe me. It's not possible, if you know what I'm saying. like She was like, yo, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so now I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm good, too, now. Somehow I got dragged into this. <laughs> Dr. William Keller, you're the best. Thank you. But seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, Billy boy. Yes. We'll get him. <laughs> but, you know, it's just everything about it. And I'm not kidding you. Like even the lowest points of my low, you look up and you're like, man, look what I'm doing. And that to me is why I, I guess I never understood why so many guys criticize the league. Like, yeah, at times it does things that you're like, what are you doing? But when you talk to guys, you know, I talk to retired guys and they're like, dude, I'm so happy I'm done. And I'm like, why? That was so much fun. There was no care in the world. There was no responsibility. We were just responsible for each other. Like, you, all you had to do was show up and do your job. It wasn't even hard. Like, yeah, it's physical. You're going to tear your knees open. You're going to shred your brain. You're going to shred your... But at the end of the day, I would rather go out there and run around and hit people than sit somewhere and be like, well, you know, it was okay. Like, I just can't. I can't do that. I can't honestly sit here and say that I'm comfortable just doing this like if there's a chance to do more i'm going to do it and i have to do it because that's just who i am internally
5: so two years out what's your expectation because now i'm sure there's excitement alex and training and getting back on, on the field and all those things but once you do get back on the field with two years away at 32 which in my years is young but as an athlete is aging what's your expectation of yourself as far as play goes and performance then that's up to your standards to continue through on the path
0: I mean, I think that that's the hardest part is I mean obviously we can't be like hey Judd let's put some pads on and go up to the park and we'll hit each other so you never I really mean, sure. I think Judd
5: is down yeah, <laughs> down and Judd is down would be the exact correct <laughs> oh guys Judd's down oh my god <laughs> not Judd's dead no I mean who else I
0: think, wants to get hit I think that as long as you're aggressive enough and you know the obviously the bar always gets set super high whether you're the first guy in the roster or the 53rd guy the bar is always set somewhere and if you can't live up to that bar you won't make it so I think To come back, like I said, there are people that know me that are like, listen, if he comes back, we know he's going to be very for real. But there are other people that are like, dude, is he prepared for this? Because it's been two years since he's taken a hit. you know." And I guess I'm just going to have to wait and see. And if it comes along down that road, I can't tell you how excited I'll be to take some one-on-one pass sets.
4: All right. Would you rather face two Aaron Donalds or ten Judd Zolgads at the same time? Good test, ten Jud
0: I'd make it twenty Judd Zolgads. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Twenty Juds. Easily. all right, twenty
4: Judd Zolgads or two Aaron Donalds. We'd fall off him. Well, 20 did of you, you just refer to the we, the twenty judges? The twenty judges we fall
3: off. Here. <laughs> we just fall right down. Oh, we'd all be on the same page. All twenty of them?
5: Oh yeah, we'd we'd be like bowling balls, Alex. We'd be like, oh no, no, sir, we don't need that.
0: I'd rather I'd rather do twenty judges. Old gap. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Dude, I know one you Aaron be. Donald is hard. One Aaron Donald is so. Hard. I would rather take on twenty juts. No question. Well, we uh, we
4: we hope you get to take on Aaron Donald at some point this season. You've been an absolute blast for us to to work with here. And by the way, like no. you're just going away for for a few weeks, and then if you yeah. get signed, we'll still check in with you. But you got to go for into sure.
1: to hunter mode here. And you assured me when you announced this on Score North Live last week, weekdays noon or two. You can go back and listen to it. Score scorenorth.com or the Score North app. That even if you get in the league, you're going to be able to do shifts with me here on Score North. You even had a title for the show. You called it Inside the Huddle with Boonie and Rami. You had a name
0: for the show and everything. You ruined it, dude. It's Inside the Huddle with Rami and the Rhino. Oh, my bad. That's right. Rami and the Rhino.
1: My bad. Now you're telling me that you have to leave us? You have to (laughs) go away now?
0: Judd, a position is open. Oh, wow. Would you like to take it? (laughs) quick, (laughs) huh? Damn. Wow. I'm kidding. Rami, you're my dude. You know that. All right. (laughs) I (laughs) thought Collar was your dude?
1: He just goes around telling people they're his dude. I think it's just a thing, Alex Boone does. Matt's
0: numero uno. Rami is a very close two. All right. Sure. Oh, now we found out about and, and
1: the 20 Judd
4: or are uh, number <laughs> <20. laughs> we're,
5: we're on the run, boys. We're on the run. So.
4: All right, Alex, uh, go hang out with your, uh, your four kids, your family, and your 14 eggs that you'll probably eat for a snack here. And uh, we wish you the best, man. We'll catch up again soon.
0: You guys are the best. Good Thanks luck, so man. much. Right. Thank that's,
4: you. It's uh, a guy. That's Alex Boone. And by the way, uh, he's, you know we he's not on Twitter, him. but he is he is on
1: Instagram. We interrupted him when he was telling us like what he eats in a day. We stopped him at the twelve. Is eggs. he still there? Is he still there? Or did we just
4: cut him off? He might have just dropped off.
1: You got okay, oh, we, we got actually him? have one more thing. Okay. We cut you off, Boone, when we were asking what you eat in a day. We were also amazed just by twelve eggs for breakfast that yeah. we stopped you right there. What's the rest of the day like?
0: Oh dude, lunch was three Chipotle burritos and what? dinner was three steaks and two potatoes. What? Yep.
5: Jesus, yeah. So man. A whole head of broccoli. Dude. Hold on a second wow. here. So you eat so so
0: Yes. You oh. I eat that. I do every day. I'm, not I'm trying to process it. this. Holy when Christ. I played for San Francisco, I used to eat a four pound steak four times a week. Ate the whole thing. Now,
5: what? No. Not even kidding you. When I come to the Vikings and they had training camp in Mankato in two thousand six or seven. Hutchinson and Burke would go to Chipotle and get two or three apiece and and Booney I kid you not Steve Hutchinson had been given a lifetime like a silver placard from this. Chipotle oh, for free Chipotles, as many as he wanted wow. so like he would go it's in like and golden show a card that would just it was walk like in. a golden ticket yeah
0: how do we get the golden ticket that's a we good question to Chipotle call Hutchinson mm-hmm.
5: he's skinny now find out Bunch. from him
0: hey they all got we all got skinny dude it's I know
5: no it's way to be get made.
0: fat again, baby. I need the
4: golden ticket for sure, though. We'll work on that. We'll work it on that. All right, see you, dude. Talk to Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Alex Boone, the Rhino. That's incredible. Dude, part of Purple Daily. What? That's ridiculous.
3: Three Chipotle
4: burritos, dude. I eat one of those burritos, and I I love me some Chipotle. But I eat one of those burritos, and I'm down for the count. Like yeah. one of those burritos. And then what do you say? Massive. Two
1: steaks for dinner, and three potatoes, and a whole head of broccoli. Yeah. Did he say three wow. potatoes? I think, I think he said, he said three p- steaks, two potatoes. Three steaks, two, two potatoes. Oh, wow. I had my math how wrong. How about
5: the 12 eggs? That's amazing. I don't know how to do it, man. I think from... A heart standpoint, the twelve eggs gets me more than the Chipotle.
1: I started doing intermittent fasting at the start of the month. So basically, you you don't eat for sixteen hours every day. I have an eight hour window to eat. And Is that I how
4: you intermittent fast? Because I I would go like every three hours. I would I'd fast for three hours. And I don't think that's effective, okay. Phil. I'm okay. not a doctor, but that's called, go, I, lunch and
1: dinner, I, don't I don't think pretty that's pretty effective. Yeah. <laughs> And, and now I, I can eat bigger meals, and I, like normally it would weigh me down, like Phil was saying. I'd get a burrito from Chipotle, and I'd be sleepy afterwards. Now yeah. my body just churns right through that food. But I'm talking like a three-egg omelet, a couple pieces of toast, and a waffle or Dude. two. Not, not 12
5: eggs and three steaks, two potatoes. That's crazy. Think about the lifestyle. And what these guys do, okay? Because we we all know now about the effects of CTE, right? And the concussions and the hits. But extrapolate that beyond that. Think about what he what he's describing to get to this being the size again, the effective size for the position yeah. he needs to play. And that's a whole because I think we I think we as uh, fans look at those guys and we're like, oh, they're fat guys. Fat guys are fun, but they're not really fat guys. To his point, he's right. L- look at all the guys. Who play O line and then quit playing, and you're like, okay, skinny it's now. Amazing.
4: Well, I mean, Jeff Saturday, Matt Burke, right? And just for, for the audience, because you know, Alex was only, he was at two Vikings training camps with one full season, so it wasn't like he, I don't think people were used to seeing him on a regular basis, but he was huge when he was with the, I mean, he was, I wouldn't say he was fat, yeah, but he, he wasn't was, fat. He's like six foot seven or eight, uh, but he was, he was thicker. But if anyone, I'm sure people probably haven't seen him really in the last six to nine months. That dude not only was he did he did an Ironman triathlon competition like three or four months ago. He also did at the I think this was in like August before the Viking season started. He did he went to San Diego and they allow civilians who are like properly vetted and I don't know how you get signed up for this, but there was like fifty five civilians that went through a three day no-sleep Navy SEAL training session. No, thank you. And he completed that as a group leader in August. (laughs) A group
1: leader? Yes, a group leader in August. (laughs) No, man. At one point, he was was,
4: like carrying a guy who broke his ankle or something because the the guy who broke his ankle wanted to continue on with whatever you call it, the, the training session. And so he was like no fat on his body cut like really, 6 foot 8 and now he's got to put on like 30 pounds since since he started this venture
1: Are you really carrying on if Alex Boone is literally carrying you <laughs> Well I mean are you really still doing the, a the task no, I don't think so Do you guys remember Michael Phelps <laughs> diet when he was just blazing through the Olympics Do you guys remember people talking about Was it like, about, like 10 pizzas or something So he would eat 12,000 calories a day Now, if you're not a calorie counter, the average person should eat somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 calories a day. He was on a a 12,000-calorie-a-day diet. Breakfast was three fried egg sandwiches with cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, fried onions and mayonnaise, two cups of coffee, one five-egg omelet, (laughs) one, one bowl of grain, three slices of French toast topped, and three chocolate chip pancakes, lunch, a pound. Of-
4: break.
5: How does that even I don't know, how? man. Waiter, how? I'm missing my second cup of coffee. <laughs> Lunch was a pound oh, of pasta. Missing here. Oh, the cream in my second cup of coffee.
1: What? Lunch was one pound of pasta, two large ham and cheese sandwiches with mayonnaise on white bread, plus energy drinks. I take drinks. issue with
4: the mayonnaise part there. I love mayonnaise. I'm okay with mayonnaise too, but I'm not sure it's necessary. Plus energy
1: case. drinks. The pound of pasta, two large ham and egg cheese sandwiches with mayonnaise weren't enough on white bread. Had to have a couple of energy drinks with that. And then dinner was one pound of pasta, an entire pizza. And more energy drinks, but okay, dumb question: Is Alex still there? Pot him back up. No, I'm
4: just <laughs> All right, if you're if you're Michael Phelps, I can see if you're an offensive lineman and your goal is to put like you have to go from. He said one sixty five. He he was. I think he told me he was like two sixty or something. Or he had to go from like two sixty five. Yeah. up to like two ninety five or something, yep. and he's halfway there because he's been doing this for like two weeks, and so like he has to put on weight. So I get it. That dude's got to eat. Carbs and meats and proteins and whatever, right? If you're Michael Phelps, your goal isn't to gain weight. Your goal is to stay no, lean would, and felt,
1: right? Dude, he would churn through that. He'd burn all that just swimming.
4: But isn't there, like, wouldn't there be other things you could also put into your body I mean, to yeah. feel, I mean, he won all the gold
5: medals. Sure so he who the hell am I to like? Drink a protein shake <laughs> instead, instead if worked. he wanted, but why? Just didn't matter. Did you say a no sleep Navy SEAL training? Yeah. Or, or, or like they challenge. give you like, like two
4: hours sleep or something. You know what? The I'm athlete a- challenge for us would be can you just stay awake for 72 hours? I'm out on that.
5: I'm so <laughs> out on that. 72 hours? That's easy. Come
4: on. <laughs> what? 72 hours, no, no sleep? I could do it. Really?
2: No,
5: Dude, probably not. That's verbally I can get pretty close. That's verbally bottomed. Yeah, I feel, like you just said, I feel like you just said that you
1: could do it. One All of right. my co hosts in Milwaukee, I think, the, right. I think the Brewers were on a long losing streak. I don't remember exactly what the thing was that was going on, but he just sort of said flippantly on the air I'm not sleeping again until the Brewers win. <laughs> And they didn't win for like three or four more days, man, and he, literally, and he stuck to it. Like he, Our boss was making him sleep like an hour at a time just to make sure he didn't die. And by like the third or fourth day, this dude was just out of it, just whacked out of his mind, out of it, and finally the Brewers won, and he was able to go get some sleep. Jonathan, okay. what's your favorite charity? <laughs>
5: <laughs> I think of all the things that we've discussed, the lack of sleep would be my complete downfall. You're saying, like, with like, the Navy SEAL training? Or no, the- no, no. Like, of all, all of the calorie intake and all, all those things, for me, would be darn near possible. But the one that I know that I couldn't even broach, not sleeping. Like, I couldn't, I can't go near, I have to sleep. Well. It's, it's one of the most important things in my life. Yeah, I th- well, I would think that. Like, it's almost a hobby. <laughs>
2: i consider it a hobby
5: because i love to dream (laughs) if i don't sleep yeah i don't think i'd make it. you know
1: one thing i admire about judd i've talked about i've talked about this before we have our little our our host lounge over there it's got a nice couch in it it's a nice little room where we can kind of hang out commiserate do some work if we want have some lunch whatever the case might be and there are times where i'm like man if i could just close my eyes for 20 minutes that would be so great like i have two hours in between shows I'm not going home. If I could just close my eyes for 20 minutes, that would be amazing. But I can't do it in that room because it's got a glass door on it. And I don't want to be the dude sleeping at work in the fishbowl. Judd gives no bleeps whatsoever. He'll go in there. (laughs) He'll put his feet up. He'll
2: lay back on the couch and just close his eyes for a few minutes. I've
4: seen Judd do that when we have a taped interview for like 12 minutes. Judd will go in there and nap for like eight. He'll pop
2: in here before. Hey, just send me a text when we're getting close. Yeah. Nelson Cruz get to, baby. That,
4: get to that dream state after seven. <laughs>
2: if it's good enough for Nelly Cruz, it's the nap room. Rest, go and, go rest and Knock on the door. Hey, John, we're uh, we're about three minutes from coming back.
1: I feel like in 2020, it's pretty widely spread, widely known the benefits of napping, the benefits of 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 uh, recuperation, of rest. I don't know. I don't think anybody would be upset at me that no. I was closing my eyes for Listen. a few minutes. In that, but I just feel weird being the guy. Sleeping at work in a fishbowl, basically. If it
4: helps you perform better on the show, I think we I think we can try it. Let's try it once next week. Can we just put a door on there that people can't see through? We can put some curtains there. That'd some <laughs> that, would the that would be great. That would be great. Get your own
5: couch, man. I got that couch social media.
4: <laughs> social
1: media Seth needs to use it for uh, various things. What if we just put bunk beds in that room? <laughs> Take the couch out, just fill it with bunk beds. With, with the majority
4: of our staff, I would not feel comfortable on the bottom bunk for fear of the top one... Maybe carrying too much
1: weight <laughs> the only
4: problem. Night, Rami.
5: Night, Judd boy. We all got our jammies on. Our sports jammies. Oh, jammies. You've got your Cubs on. I've got my North Stars.
4: So uh, we got a million things to get to on the show today, including Todd Father Mock has spoken earlier this morning, late last night. Why will this year be different for the twins when we come back here to Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and... The Score North app, which is free to download from the TCL studios where what do we got on the TCL TV right now? Uh, You can tell Judd and Declan have gained control of the remote control because we have NHL Network Mm -hmm. and uh, the various happenings around the NHL. We have two 55 inch TCL 4K Roku TVs in the main studio here at Score North. And so whenever we're watching anything, could be the Purple, could be uh, could be the Twins, spring training earlier today, it's on a TCL TV. TCL is giving you a chance to win tickets to see the Timberwolves, by the way. Uh, Go to scorenorth.com, keyword TCL, for your chance to win four tickets. Uh, And uh, you got to check out TCL's new lineup of soundbars as well. The TCL Alto soundbar is so easy to set up. In just a matter of minutes, you'll have a home theater. You can go check out these TCL Alto soundbars at Target and see how amazing the sound is and how uh, it just completes your entertainment system in your living room or wherever. TCLUSA.com to find out why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand.
2: Jonathan here with the Score North download. Score North has a brand-new golf show, 10,000 Swings, with Brad Cole and David Bransett. Two golf geeks breaking down the latest in golf culture around Minnesota and the latest stories on the PGA Tour. Find 10,000 Swings at 7 p.m on Monday's on Score North on AM 1500 or on demand on Apple Spotify or the Score North mobile app Phil I need your I need you to pick one of these teams Titans Chargers or Raiders Chargers. Alright, here's why Dan Orlovsky thinks Tom Brady would be a good fit in with the San Diego or the Los Angeles Chargers.
3: Well, the Chargers offensively, they've got two star wide receivers. Keenan Allen is the possession guy. Third most catches in the NFL over the last three years. So that's a huge benefit for Tom Brady. And then Mike Williams, the young star to Clemson, led the NFL, NFL in yards per catch last year. A quarterback, I'm like, man, I'm in love with that. And then you don't have to do it all yourself. They've got a top five defense with a bunch of young stars. Bosa, Derwin James. So there's a lot of good pieces Pro-wise for the Chargers. Now the cons. This is an offensive line that is average in pass protection. That is the biggest issue for a 43-year-old quarterback. And then, again, like the Raiders, you have to play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, twice. And this is a pretty good fit. That's intriguing. I just don't think this is the, the, the best fit for Tom Brady.
2: <laughs> NFL free agency. Only Dude. a couple weeks away. I can't wait.
4: It's so much. Fun. Are you guys pumped for this? We have entered
2: NFL needed free agency. I need to be here
1: month.
2: now. we got to wait a couple weeks. I that's need it almost, to be here.
1: Well,
4: we don't think
2: like the buildup?
1: We think it's going to be a couple weeks. It's just a little too much this year.
2: Like all the... What? No.
1: All the social... much so what? what? Let I, me tell you. Can I explain? That, can I explain like, before you guys start away from sh- me? shouting me down. Can out honestly, it. I, honestly I you, don't explain. you don't even get to explain. Okay. No.
2: Fine. All right. Fine. There's that door over there in front of you. Just walk out it. No. Not with I, that take.
5: I did once already today.
4: Judd came so close to a great question from Boone. He loaded up the that's a great, and then he stopped. Anyways, all right, Rami, go ahead. Explain why having multiple, oh, now I can talk? multiple oh, thank Hall you. of Fame caliber quarterbacks might <laughs> Thanks, be changing God. teams. Thanks, Appreciate but... it.
1: First it's Randy, now it's Rami. Who's next? For real. This guy's just, he's on a mission to offend everybody. It's just, okay, I don't mind the Adam Schefters, the Dan Grazianos of the world, and them doing their digging and using their sources and getting us rumors. All about it. All about the reckless speculation. It's part of our brand. But when we get to social media detectives who are like, oh, my God, Tom Brady liked a post from Philip Rivers about leaving Los Angeles, that must mean he's going to be a charger. Like, every step these guys take in their real life or in social media, people are watching and people are trying to interpret. And what does it mean? And we have the Stefan Diggs ominous tweet alert. Like that's, it's all just a little bit too much this year. I just want it to start. And I'm telling you right now, if these CBA negotiations hold up football Christmas, I don't, I can't be held accountable for what I say into this
4: microphone. that, that That is one thing that, that could buzzkill this is if, as if the CBA stuff but, leaks in and affects I don't think it will. Is
5: there a lot of, of momentum towards that happening? I haven't seen I a lot so. in recent days about that. There's going to be I a vote before happen. then,
4: right? I mean, yeah. yes. Now, I will ask, all right, just because, you know, Rami's already sick of all this. Stuff not sick all of
5: all of it. You know what you hate? Football foreplay. <laughs> you Judge hate Ryan. football foreplay. Judge right. I love football foreplay. It makes the whole experience mm-hmm. in the end better.
4: Yeah. Sometimes you got to caress the laces, Rami.
1: I like a little football foreplay. I'm just not into the freaky stuff. Well, you can just go a little too far sometimes. That's your choice. Somebody's
4: going to get hurt. The freaky stuff like what did Tom Brady really say to Julian Edelman on the sidelines of that basketball game the other day?
1: <laughs> Those 48 hours of amazing speculation. Did you guys see Mike Vrabel
5: was on the FaceTime call with them? Mm hmm. You know that's uh-huh. in the works, don't you? Reckless so speculation. Christian Yelich, Christian,
1: Yelich, Christian Yelich just came across my timeline. Tom Brady in a Titans jersey is maybe the weirdest outcome like of all The of full this. blue uniform? Yeah, it's just the organization, I,
5: I agree, everything about it. But the ability of Vrabel and Brady to combine their forces to get it, Bill would be outstanding. And you know who's. That's a just, wrestling move, Phil. What is. Vrabel and Brady combining forces as a tag team to get at Belichick—that's a wrestling move.
4: It is a—it is a, a very wrestling thing. Like you'd be joining, you'd be joining the other faction. This is like when The Rock joined the Corporation. Yes, yeah, 1999. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know The Rock. Uh, the Rock when he was with the Corporation in the late 1990s, he wore a shirt for like four months because he had pectoral surgery, like plastic surgery to reduce the size of his... I need that. ...man boobs. I'm not even kidding. And so he wore a shirt in all of his matches for like four or six months in the late 1990s. Go look it up. Attitude era.
5: What was corporation? Just quickly, I don't uh, know.
4: It, it's, when, it's when... Now we're into a wormhole here. It's when <laughs> The Rock... We might as well just stay down. The, the Rock down. turned into <laughs> a bad it. guy and joined Vince McMahon... Right? It was Vince so McMahon...
1: Vince, yeah, Vince McMahon had a stable of wrestlers... You remember the Four Horsemen, right, Jud? Let's take it back to Judd's days. You remember the Four Horsemen? I
5: remember the names, yeah. They were like a stable the of wrestlers.
1: <gasps> they ran together as okay. like a little clique, a little group. Vince McMahon had a stable of wrestlers, and they were called the Corporation. And they were all about the okay. money and the greed and blah, 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 and we worked for Vince McMahon and the Corporation. Then you had like Rebel, Wrestlers, Stone Cold, and The Rock, and other guys. Okay. Were... Okay. All right.
5: you... So anyway, the Titans... <laughs> The Titans with Brady that. and Vrabel would be like that. That it doesn't would. make sense. It would though. be super fun.
4: There's a lot of potential, like if NFL were WWE things that could very much happen in the next two or three weeks. It would be it would be amazing. I, I think um, I think I'm like with when would Rami says he's sick of all the lead up and all the different things. I can't get enough of it. Because this is probably the most fun NFL off season. Yes. And I wish the Vikings had more cap space, which we're gonna get into that at the top of the five o'clock hour. I wish the Vikings had a chance to be more involved because this is such a Vikings blueprint Absolutely. offseason. I like, I told you. All these quarterbacks are on the board. I'm going through
5: withdrawal because the Vikings should be in on the Brady thing. Yes. And if they had the money and the lack of a quarterback, yes. they would be. Now, here's my question. What is, right now, what is the dream scenario of chaos? Like, Brady to the Titans is a really good one. As far as the, the whole offseason dream scenario of National Football League chaos... Peyton Manning in the booth at ESPN, for sure. Like, just the most the best moves that could possibly happen.
4: Well, Pey- I, I, Peyton Manning going to ESPN, would that would give you... you got your Troy Aikman, Joe Buck on Fox. You've got your Tony Romo, Jim Nance on CBS. You've got your Collinsworth, Al Michaels. I mean, you've got three legendary pairings. And then you've just been kind of floating around the ESPN ever since... Mike Tirico and John Gruden was a really good pairing. Yeah. They've been kind of floating around since then. So that would be awesome. Yep. Okay. If Tom Brady goes to the Titans, I know that it would be kind of fun that, oh, like, Vrabel stole Brady from Belichick. But honestly, like, Nashville, the Titans are one of the least fun teams to watch in the entire league.
5: Yeah, that could change. I,
4: I would I would much rather see Tom Brady go to the Raiders <laughs> than the
2: Titans. I love the Raiders. I, I want everybody to go to the
4: Raiders. I would like to see him go to potentially the Colts and have him and Peyton Manning Trying to compete for like Colts' legacy. Can Peyton Manning, in three years with the Colts, get more championships than Peyton Manning? Can Tom Brady get more yeah. championships in three years with the Colts than Peyton Manning did in like 15 years with the Colts?
5: Yeah, I think Brady you can't lose, too. If he doesn't go back to the Patriots, you just can't lose there. It's going to be chaos.
4: I don't think it's like him going back to the Patriots is kind of a buzzkill at this point. I agree. The temptation of him, of the greatest quarterback of all time, going somewhere else... Now we might look back. He might go somewhere else. It's a train wreck, and then we look back at it like we look back at Brett Favre going to the Jets for a minute.
2: Or if Tom Brady doesn't come back to New England, we know Josh McDaniels has bailed on a team late before. Does he bail on New England? To go where? Just anywhere to have
1: a job lined up. What? No, you can just bail. I mean, he could just quit. No, he wants to get a paycheck. he wants. He wants a head coaching job. Also, I think he has. I think he's been promised that he's Bill's successor. I agree. Because why else do you just pull out of that deal at the last minute with the Colts? There had to be some kind of promise made to him. Had to be.
5: Brady going back to to the Patriots now would would be like that couple that's about to get divorced, and you can tell they hate each other's guts. And at the last second, they're like, let's try one more time. (laughs) Ted and Susan are going to try. You're like, why are Ted and Susan trying again? And It's over. And the problem for them, you know, they don't have anything left to prove to
4: the NFL as a pair anymore. They already have more championships. Tom Brady's been to like nine Super Bowls to Bill Belichick. And so they're both probably wondering, can I do something on my own? And like, we might never know because it's possible Tom Brady at age 43 is just way too old. And maybe he hits an age cliff or something. But um, I don't know. I think this is this is the most fun baseball offseason we've had in years. And it's overshadowed by a cheating scandal. And now it's about to be the most fun football offseason that we've had. In about 20 minutes, we are going to dive into, despite the fact that the Vikings are second from the bottom in cap space in the NFL. Wait, second?
1: There's a team in a worse spot than them cap The Pittsburgh
4: Steelers, I think, are still over the salary cap right now with, like, what, 13 days to go until the tampering period opens up. Uh, So could they still make a big move? We'll get to that in about 20 minutes from now. But, gentlemen, the Twins won again today. The Twins with a 5-1 win in uh, spring training today. The Twins, going back to 2002, have been to the playoffs seven times in 18 years. They have uh, actually eight times in 17 years, seven division championships in those 17 years. But they have one playoff series win to show for it. So they've largely been, every other year go to the playoffs on average. They've largely been, except for like a five-year stretch where they were a disaster and had to fire Terry Ryan. They've been very competitive. They win divisions. They go to the playoffs every other year and they get swept almost every year. They have they have zero playoff wins since 2004, regular season success, and playoff disaster. Why will this year be different for the
5: Minnesota Twins? What do you guys think? Why will this year be different? Do they get to avoid the Yankees in the American League Division Series? That's the only way it's different? Is that what you're saying? Well, after basically guaranteeing last year that I thought that they could win that series or at least one game and they didn't until they beat the Yankees in a game it's difficult to think it's going to be but why will this be different why will this be different all right let me put on my imaginary uh twins colored glasses and tell you it will be different because Jose Barrios first of all Finally, takes that major step and go. And we talked about this last year. And I'm not guaranteeing this, but I do think the Twins are curious about this one. Him turning that corner from going uh, and being their ace, which I think he is, and I think he's considered by most baseball pundits to be a really solid number two guy, and proves that he is a number one because then he can shove. And then I think Rocco starts him in game one and doesn't pull him after what was what, it about? four and a third last year at Yankee Stadium. I think he gets to pitch at least six or more, and the tide turns there. It will be different because Josh Donaldson, who has a ton of experience, is playing third base, and he's really damn good at third base, and because Miguel Sano finds a home and might, you know, he's not a gold glove first baseman, but he's effective there. So the left side of your infield now is upgraded. It will be different because Byron Buxton... Eureka plays an entire season. And if Byron Buxton plays an entire season, he can hit 255 and be great. And I know that's shooting really low, but it's true. So if these things come together and pan out, there is a good chance that this thing could be different. But different might be, and I hate to say it this way, but it's true, different might be playing the Yankees in the first round. And competing and winning, let's say, two games and taking it to five games and taking your chance in Game 5. And I don't, just just for the record, I don't, I'm not, like,
4: here to award moral victory points for the Twins finally taking the Yankees to a fifth game in the ALDS. Like, I know they haven't beat the Yankees in a playoff game since 2004, let alone series, but I take, I take zero value out of, well, they finally won a playoff game this season, or they finally took the Yankees to five. Like they, you either you either winning a for series, at
1: least winning a series. Yes. So, Rami, why will it be different for the Twins this year? You guys, tell me something real quick before I can answer that question. When the Twins had good seasons in the past, were they like pop up seasons that kind of came out of nowhere, or were they all, or were they usually expected? They were.
4: Outside of 2001, which was a non-playoff season, but they they popped up out of nowhere after contraction discussion. The league was going to eliminate two teams, essentially, the the Expos Mm -hmm. and the Twins. And uh, the Twins popped up with a roster of rookies and young players in 2001, and they led the division almost all year and then ran out of gas and ran out of pitching, and LaTroy Hawkins was not ready to be a closer yet. He blew like eight saves down the stretch. And then from that point, from 2002 until 2010... It was sort of two different nucleuses or nuclei, and they wound up mostly going into each of those seasons with expectations of winning the division, I would say. They didn't always win the division, but they went into each season thinking, yep, the Twins should either be competing for the division or winning the division.
5: They didn't pop up. Okay. For sure, they did not pop up.
1: Yep. So people saw them coming. Yep. And then they disappointed. Yep. Fell flat on their face. In the playoffs, yes. My other question is, and I don't know if this even applies to those Twins teams of the past because there's been an evolution in baseball since those Twins teams that we're talking about with analytics and launch angle and everybody's swinging for home runs and everything is home runs, walks, and strikeouts now. And everything that goes along with that, the analytics and the biomechanics that they apply to pitching and what's that? what that's done for the staff, I feel like the Twins are... At the forefront, maybe not the team leading that thing that probably it started with the A's. The Rays have taken it to another level. You see big market teams like the Dodgers and the Red Sox employing it now. But I do feel like the Twins are one of the teams who has bought in to this new age of baseball, the technology age of baseball and everything that's come along with it and are one of the teams at the forefront. They're not playing catch up. They're not going against teams who they're at a disadvantage Against when it comes to those resources, I think this is a Twins team that's evolved, has changed the way that that they've done business, the way that they evaluate players, the way that they develop players coming up through their system. And when they get up to the minor leagues, I wasn't here for those other teams, but I can't imagine that those front offices, those Twins organizations or those incarnations of the Twins organizations were this forward thinking. We're we're at the at the front of the game when it comes to the way that it changes and changing with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about Falvey and Levine and this Twins organization. What I've noticed about it since getting here, yeah, is that they they don't shy away from that stuff. There are organizations that are still trying to do things the old school way. They don't shy away from that stuff, man, and it pays off. It absolutely pays off. So
4: I think, sort of piggybacking off what you just said, you talked about the process by which they've built this. That's right? That's a good word that, for it. That, that, that they have. They they haven't just you don't by the way you don't just stumble into a hundred wins I think there's there's seasons and the Twins did this a couple years ago where you might stumble into eighty seven wins and it's enough to get you in and and maybe you think that you're better than you are like a hundred one wins that's not by accident so we can we can throw out any talk of was this a pop up fluke season no you 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 fluke your way to ninety or eighty eight sometimes not to a hundred but the process by which they have built this roster internally developing players, and the signings that they've made in free agency. The reason I think this year will be different is because this is flat out the best lineup they've ever had in the history of the franchise on paper going into the season. And I know that they had lineups with Harmon Killebrew and Rod Carew and Kirby Puckett, Ken Herbeck, and loaded lineups in the late 80s, early 90s, and even some of those. The 60s had some great, absolutely, great lineups. Yep. But this lineup is next level in. It's a better lineup than the lineup that broke the major league home run record last year, and I forget who put this out on Twitter. I wish I could give proper credit, but somebody listed. You don't have to in the Twitter age; people just. I can just throw it out there, there. yeah. All like right.
1: you discovered this.
4: Sorry, random person that I'm stealing this from on it was Twitter. Right, but it, but it's it's factual. <laughs> of the nine offensive positions in baseball, including DH, so minus pitcher and put in DH. The Twins last year had top five players in wins above replacement at five of the nine positions. That'd be Max Kepler, Mitch Garver, Nelson Cruz at DH, Jorge Polanco, and Josh Donaldson, who they now get to take credit for because he's their starting third baseman. And that doesn't include the other players that could maybe even be on this list if they play a full season. Like Byron Buxton would be on that list for center fielders if he played 120 or 130 games. Eddie Rosario was the lead, was the Twins leader in RBIs, I believe, last year. Like, not on that list. Luis Araiz was awesome for half the season. He's not on that list. Miguel Sano. Like, those guys are all capable of also being on that list. And I don't think there's any other team in baseball that can boast such firepower where any position could be an all-star. Like, literally, all of those nine guys, you could go up and down that list and say, yeah, that dude could or maybe should be an all-star. No other team has that. I know that the Yankees have Stanton and Judge, and they've got this ridiculous murderers' row incarnation. But like, there's no reason to sweat the Yankees or the Astros if you're the Twins this season. When you know that the Astros cheated their way to their wins, they're still good. But they cheated their way to their championship two years ago, and the Yankees just lost Luis Severino and don't have as good of a lineup as you do. So again, like baseball's weird, and that the the worst team in baseball can beat the best team in baseball in a seven game series. And it's not that shocking. It's a little bit like hockey. Like, it just, things happen. So, I'm not saying it guarantees that they're going to beat the Yankees in a playoff series. But there is no reason this season that they should
1: sweat anybody in the American League. You won 101 games, set the single season home run record, and then, I don't even know if this is an arguable point, but I will say, added somebody who is arguably better than anyone you had on that roster last year. Yes. Like, teams don't do that. Teams don't go out and sign a better player than anyone on their roster after winning 100 games. Find me the team that did that. Like the Dodgers. The Dodgers did that that offseason. They added Mookie Betts to a 100-win team. I guess you could say the Yankees went out and got Garrett Cole, but I'm talking about an everyday position player. And especially teams not in a market like the Twin Cities. Don't win 100 games then go sign a player who's better than anybody on their roster. That's just not a thing that happens. Yeah.
4: And I know like you can sit here and there, there are things, and, and Rami, more than anyone on this show, has pointed out the yeah buts. Well, what about pitching this and this? But I don't think you can look at the Twins and say, well, let's go down the list of yeah buts. You can't do it in a vacuum because every other team in baseball has yeah buts right. as well. The Yankees' yeah buts are, well, Paxton might not start the season in the rotation, and Severino's not pitching all year. And their lineup has a couple holes in it. Mm -hmm. And the Astros' yeah-butts are, well, they just lost Garrett Cole. They're probably going to get thrown at every single at-bat, and they're not going to be nearly as confident as they were when they knew the pitches that were coming. But the
5: starting point is you have to start by winning a playoff game. I, I believe you're at 16 consecutive playoff defeats at this point, which now includes your current construction, minus Donaldson of three games. So what you need to do is you need to go in and win a game one. And if you can do that, I think you're okay. But that's a big a big thing now. And what you have to expect is um, overall growth, not just from the lineup when it comes to playoff games, not just from the pitching, but the manager too. Because in Game 1 and Game 2, there were some very questionable things. And Rocco has to settle down and do a better job there as well. And if all of those things come together, can you win playoff games? Absolutely. But that's that's the next step of what we need to see. And now I'm a little bit afraid because baseball is, as Phil likes to say, a random sport like hockey. I'm a little bit afraid that at times well, our hockey's random. Baseball
4: has high variance, I guess, is the way that I would put it. But those are both the same thing. Pitching and
5: goaltending are <laughs> unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I think we come back to is I do grow a little bit concerned, and Rami and I talked about this last week, Phil, when you were gone, that we are having conversations that just make it a, a given that the Twins are going to win the division and be in the playoffs. And in baseball, that can be sort of dangerous. If you have a really good basketball team, you're probably in the playoffs. You're going to make the playoffs. So I do, I grow a little bit concerned in thinking, shouldn't there be some things that we see as potential roadblocks for this team or things that could come up that probably go beyond guys uh, being hurt? Because if guys get hurt, they get you can't control that. And see, I actually think
4: that baseball, now barring injuries, injuries can throw the whole thing off. If you lose, if you lose Byron Buxton for a chunk of the season and now you lose... Half a run off your team ERA because you don't have a guy in center field who's tracking down those fly balls. Like those, those things can, can derail a season. But I actually think baseball is fairly predictable in terms of who the really good teams are going to be. Now there's a gray area middle ground where maybe you were a 78 win team and you're like, you're kind of between 78 wins and 88 wins. And the twins aren't there. The twins are between, to me, I think the twins are between like 90 wins and 105 wins somewhere where if they kind of train wreck and a couple guys get hurt, they're still probably going to win 90 games. And that doesn't guarantee you're going to get into the playoffs because if the White Sox also win 90 or 91 games, you could wind up not getting a wild card spot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I just think they've reached a new level to where we, and I know I said this 10 years ago, going into the 2011 say, season You're Can you not well, make okay? any proclamations wrote or guarantees? It. Can he you just wrote stay it. away I know. from that?
5: You can find it somewhere. But no, this team is better. Th- 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 it's better. It's th- better. Th- th- th-
1: this That team is better than that team was. Stop right there.
5: Rami, the only the only question is the Yankees and how do you beat them? Because nothing else will stop
4: you. As I said in that famous article, very famous, on 1500ESPN.com at the time, the next 162 games are a formality. Yep. Bring on the Yankees again.
1: Guys, we and have a that. development in the uh, Tom Brady free agency chase. Really? Yeah, I don't know if we have What's a sound the sounder for, for that? that. I don't know if we have a <laughs> Reckless
3: speculation. Tom
1: E. Curran, who covers the oh, yeah. uh, Patriots for NBC Sports in Boston. He's legit. He tells Adam Shine he believes the 49ers conversation surrounding Tom Brady is real from both sides. Oh, oh my There God. are the 49ers oh. in the okay. mix.
4: That yes. would be, of all the teams we just kicked around last segment, the
1: 49ers would be amazing. And remember, when John Lynch called Bill Belichick to ask him about Jimmy Garoppolo, The first guy that he asked for was Tom Brady. And Brady wants to play for San Francisco. That's his boyhood team? That's John Lynch's white whale.
4: So is it fair to assume then, because Jimmy Garoppolo makes like $29 million (laughs) of the cap, they can get out of that. It's not hard. Does he go back to the Patriots, or do they just...
1: Oh, you know Bill Belichick would love to get Jimmy Garoppolo back. Wow.
3: Reckless speculation.
4: If you are the 49ers right now, and you know... There are no guarantees beyond this upcoming season and the season after. Like, you can win a Super Bowl yeah, you and have should share. have won one. The answer
5: yes. Yes, you do it. Tom Brady going straight back. Straight up. Straight up. Tom Brady going, no draft going back nothing. and being on the cover of your yearbook and media guide with Joe Montana by his oh, side is the ultimate.
0: Reckless speculation.
5: Forget the Raiders at that point.
2: Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. The Niners are better. Good. If Brady
1: goes to the Niners and Garoppolo back to the Patriots, that's the best chaos that we can get from Tom Brady. Right? Reckless speculation. That's the best chaos that we can possibly
4: draw up. Dudes, the, vic- the Vikings have spent 30 years in this pool. Jim McMahon, veteran quarterback, journeyman, end of their career, Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, Jeff George. Keep going. Donovan McNabb, Brett Favre, Matt Castle, like they have been on, the the Vikings haven't just been on this train, they built the train station of taking guys at the end of their quarterback careers and really getting a most, uh, except for like Donovan McNabb, like they got one of the best years out of Favre, one of the best years out of Warren Moon, one of the best years out of Randall Cunningham. And the Vikings in, were freaking born to be active in this free agency although, period, and they can't.
5: Although, <laughs> if, if we were to list the potential homes for Brady, and we even included the Vikings, and the Niners are involved, oh, San Francisco's so delicious. Think about it. Reckless speculation. Which, which lends credence to my long-held theory. That when Belichick realized he was going to have to get rid of Garoppolo, he traded him to San Francisco to try and block this very move. And now Brady's trying to circumvent Bill's move to block him. What would the path? Oh, it's so just, good, just for
1: fun, man, just for fun. Yeah.
4: Rami's right. It's what, so good. what would the path be? Well, two part question. If the actually we got it, we got to hit a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you guys a Vikings Tom Brady related hypothetical. Yeah, let's just blow all the breaks out from. Now. <laughs> gotta pay bills. <laughs> Got to pay bills. <laughs> I have a I have a Vikings Tom Brady speculative question to ask you guys when we come back here. All right, it's Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Score North. We're two weeks away from Vikings free agency Frenzy Bonanza. They need to help us out and free up some cap space so it really can be a Frenzy Bonanza. But let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota and their Frenzy Bonanza. Their Frenzy Bonanza is twofold. Number one, it's durable vehicles. Toyota, some of the most durable vehicles in the world, there's a reason why 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today. It's a combination of just the vehicles themselves and service departments like the one you'll find on 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. And the uh, thing number two that I love about Luther Toyota, the people, they're just, they're friendly, they're knowledgeable. They can explain things very clearly to people like me who don't really know anything about cars. And I'm not really afraid to admit that because those guys know a lot about cars. They give honest assessments when it comes to service, no BS. They've got an amazing 30-workstation service area with a lounge that offers up free uh, complimentary snacks, tea, coffee, play area for the kids, six workstations, cable TV, et cetera, et cetera. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com.
2: Join me and Dan Terhar this Saturday night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United at the San Jose Earthquakes, pregame at 6.30 p.m., kickoff at 7 p.m. right here. On ScoreNorth, ScoreNorth.com, and the free ScoreNorth mobile app. Bar-bar. TCL
3: is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, it's Mackie and Judd with Romy. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Tua is so good that if his medical comes back and very promising, he not get past two. Like, he will not last past the second pick. I don't believe that Washington will take him, but someone will have to jump Detroit at three because Tua is that This is a guy that is in the conversation to be the greatest passer college football ever saw.
4: We're going to get to some of that discussion, too, because Todd Father Mock has spoken for the third time. And
3: I'm
5: very confused by that conversation by now. I'll bring it up when we get to it, but there's something about this I, I'm really confused by. But let's start here, okay? Just a couple minutes
4: ago. Reckless speculation. Question popped into my mind for you guys as we sit here and discuss Tom Brady, and now there's stories floating around that San Francisco, which has Jimmy Garoppolo under contract for like $30 million, that there is real interest between Tom Brady and the 49ers, but they'd have to move Jimmy Garoppolo out. So, Here's my question to you guys, okay? This is the Vikings have had their entire history in my lifetime as a guy born in the mid 1980s. And if there's listeners, if you grew up in that Warren Moon, you know, Randy Moss, 90s Vikings, Chris Carter, like you know, the Vikings as a team without a 10 year franchise quarterback, but with the amazing ability to scoop veteran quarterbacks up late in their career and squeeze more toothpaste out of the tube. Warren Moon, for God's sakes, Jeff George. Randall Cunningham, Brett Favre, let's just say Tom Brady, in his search for the perfect landing spots, he said, all right, I don't want to deal with playing outside in the cold anymore, so it's been a good run up in New England. I want to play warm weather or indoors for a team that can win a championship. And Vikings, you're one of the three teams on my list, but obviously I want to make 25 or 30 million dollars. Ideally 30 million dollars cuz I've taken pay cuts for a long time and I'm sick of taking pay cuts. If you can find a way to pay me 30 million dollars, I will sign with you, 2-year contract. What is the path, hypothetically, to get Tom Brady in a Vikings uniform?
1: Reckless
3: speculation. I know
1: that like obviously getting rid of Kirk Cousins would be part of it, but how? There is how? there's one simple way to do it. And I I believe I was the first to throw this idea out there about a year ago about Kirk Cousins, and if you want to move on from him after year two of the contract rather than year three, yes, he has that no-trade clause, but you go to him and you say, look, man, you're not our quarterback of the future. We're not signing you beyond 2020, and we don't even know if you're going to start for us in 2020. You might be on the sideline holding a clipboard. We don't know. We're trying to sign Tom Brady. We might draft somebody. Like, we're exploring options, and I'm telling you, You might end up on a sideline holding a clipboard in 2020. Is that your path to the next payday? I don't think that's your path to the next payday. Let us explore a trade for you. You tell us places you'd like to go, Kirk. Let's do this amicably. Let's part ways amicably. Help us. We'll help you. We're not going to send you anywhere you don't want to go. Give us a list of teams. You get that money off the books, and you're golden, man. At least for 2020, you just replace... Her Cousins' money with Tom Brady's money. I'm no capologist, but that number is pretty damn close. Push Cousins out the door, sign Brady, problem solved. Reckless
3: speculation. What's
5: the cap hit if you trade Cousins? All of it, right? Well, no, but on you that comes back on you. I, well, I would think that, and the, there's probably a date at which it would change.
4: Again, I'm not a capologist either, but when, Do you want to play with on when, the show? I could. Wouldn't the Wouldn't the other team absorb? All of that?
5: Not immediately, no, because that—that's the whole thing about trading digs is that you actually would be stuck with some of his cap hit for 2020, Uh, and after June 1st, I think it changes. But I think the Rami plan's the right plan. I think if you could identify the team or have him identify through his uh, agents, the team that might want him starting in 2021, and be like, "Let's, let's do this now. You can go there. You can sign the immediate extension there, have a press conference. It'll look good on you, and meanwhile, we get Tom Brady? Yeah, why not? Would I do it? Absolutely. I give like you I have already determined that Kirk Cousins is not a Super Bowl quarterback. Doesn't mean he's not statistically impressive and it does not mean he's a bad quarterback. But if we're talking about in if we're saying twenty twenty is the last year of this uh mythical window that opened with twenty seventeen, and you're telling me now, okay, the mythical window's open. Brady or cousins, who do you want in two thousand twenty? I know he's old and I know I might be wrong, but I'm rolling dice. Do you guys think this discussion came up even for thirty seconds at some
4: point behind closed doors at the Vikings practice facility? Do you think in, so this, so they get bounced from the playoffs? No. They get bounced from the playoffs. They probably take a week to clear their heads, you know, you know give me the Spielman evaluation.
5: laugh. Give me the Spielman laugh. <laughs> when you laugh like that, it for sure You can. like that! You like that!
4: <laughs> Clear your head for a week. Do some player evaluations. All right. Then we're going to sit in a room we're going to plan the upcoming 3-month stretch of combine free agency draft. At any point, do you think they said? All right. <laughs> I know it's guaranteed. No. I know he's got a full no trade. There's just- Tom Brady's Phil's a free. Feels on a agent. roll. On a Tom roll. Brady's a go. free agent. Mm-hmm. Let him go. 30 seconds. Rick Spielman gets up in the front says, "Guys, I'm going to throw this out there.
1: Tom Brady's a free agent." And part of this discussion Does is... Does he just have a big picture of Tom Brady's chiseled face? That's what I was On the video screen behind Who him. Right, Who doesn't? True. He's that's got true. the
5: clicker, yeah. and he's like clicking through. Mm-hmm. Possibilities. Rivers. Nah. Tannehill. Nah. Bridgewater. Nah.
4: Because you know what Rick always says? Brady?
5: Every press conference Rick ever gives in which he says he's, he's
4: amazing at talking for 30 minutes and really saying nothing at all. He's he's brilliant at it, Mm -hmm. but one thing he always says is we're constantly evaluating every position on the team, right? We're constantly evaluating, constantly evaluating quarterback, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So if they are constantly evaluating every position and you've got all your free agents on a board here Mm -hmm. and you've got your incumbent quarterback right here, at some point I would think either either in his head or in an official discussion he said, all right, if – Let's just play this game. We have a really good roster, really good wide receivers, a defense that might be on the age decline, but like it's still a really good defense. Is the gap between Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins and whoever else you might look in the free agency pool at, Flip Rivers, is that gap the Super Bowl championship gap? If, in other words, if you were to replace Kirk Cousins and keep everything the same that you're going to do this offseason, if you replace Kirk Cousins with Tom Brady, how much better of a chance do the Vikings have to win a Super Bowl? And if the answer is a lot better, wouldn't you be exploring that just a it's little a better,
5: bit behind the scenes? I think it's a better chance. I think it's a better chance. It I, is absolutely I, a better chance. At Brady's chance. age, I don't know how much I can go. Be I don't know if I can get to a lot, but it's a better chance. And would I explore it? Absolutely.
2: Reckless speculation.
5: By By the way, the Garoppolo move is almost painless. The dead cap on Garoppolo for 2020, if he's not there, 4.2 million dollars. 2021, it goes down to 2.8. So that's, he's got that's a huge cut. They comment. cut him,
1: right? Can yeah. I, can I throw a conspiracy theory out there? Tom Brady knew he was hitting free agency this off season. As I mentioned before, John Lynch called the Patriots and asked about trading for Tom Brady. Is it possible that John Lynch and Tom Brady? Have been in contact since, and they structured the Garoppolo contract the way that they structured the Garoppolo contract so that they could get out of it and get
3: Tom Brady. Oh.
5: Would that be a move from the top rope?
1: Oh, that's way yeah. off the top. That's top of Hell in the Cell. That's, that's Mick Foley off the top of Hell in the Cell. Dude, that. Oh, wow. I need that is.
4: Thank you. I need to applaud. Appreciate that's it. That's good. Yeah, I love it. That's unbelievable.
5: I mean so it's not that unrealistic. If we're assuming that Belichick tried or Belichick was successful in trading Garoppolo to San Francisco, really to block Brady from going to San Francisco, and then John Lynch and Brady went around Belichick basically behind his back and are like, That's fine for now. And then yeah, I love it, Ronnie. Oh God. So they hmm? did this contract because it is weird that the cab hit isn't really very aggressive now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. Bravo. Dude, that, that is. Bravo. That's Bravo. amazing.
4: Bravo. That is amazing speculation. Thank you. So even if it's not Tom Brady, all right, let's, let's say uh, the pipe dream for Tom Brady has, it's, uh, you've woken up. <laughs> Jud, just, Judd has woken up from his nap in the prep room. He's going to 49ers. Okay. So the Vikings right now have $736,000 in cap space, <laughs> which is 31st in the NFL. <laughs> Ahead of only the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are still above the salary cap, with just a couple weeks to go until free agency opens, so so the Vikings have seven hundred thirty-six thousand dollars in cap space. League average cap space right now, according to spotrack.com, dot com, is forty nine million. So, and, and by the way, all but all but two teams have at least, actually, all but three teams have at least twelve million dollars in cap space. Now, the Vikings can obviously clear. They can cut bait on some veterans. They can clear out some more room. But other teams can do the same thing. It's not like the Vikings are the only team that can wave a magic wand and get rid of three veteran bad contracts like Xavier Rhodes and save money. Other teams can do the same thing. So with how tight they are up against the cap, do you think the Vikings will still find a way? Rob Brzezinski is one of the brilliant cap guys in the NFL, 20 years in the Vikings front office. Will they still find a way to make a big splash of some kind in free agency or via trade to make this team better? Get this team to a point where you think they can win
5: a Super Bowl in 2020. I have thought about this way too much. <laughs> and I hate to say this. I don't. I don't think we're going to see, I don't think they're going to have enough room. And I think that there's, I think the smarter people in that building will prevail and say almost anything that you're going to do of a ma- of a big magnitude would one take away from what you can do in, in the next couple of years when you really should probably be Becoming more competitive. And Phil, to your point about the cap and all of these teams freeing up space, are they are they going to have enough to make that one big splash or that one big trade? The only X factor to me in that equation is the trade factor and Stefan Diggs, if something has gone really weird there and all of these tweets turn out to be something, which I have no clue. That would be the one weird dynamic that could change the trade. But do I think they're going to make a big free agency splash? I really don't see part of the. I don't see how they can. And are they going to keep? See, I I think internally there's going to be an. I would not do this personally, and have said this a thousand times. I think internally there's going to be a push to keep Dalvin Cook and make him happy. I disagree with that move, but I I just have a sense that everybody's on board. Rick drafted him. Mike loves him. Kubiak probably loves him that they're going to give Dalvin a contract. They're also
4: probably thinking, too, because it's not, you know, we think just in terms of, well, they're all in now, and the window to win a Super Bowl is right now, and the coach has one year left, and the, and the GM has one year left. Well, Rick Spielman could still be making decisions with a three- and a five-year plan in his head, even though he only has one year left in his contract. He still might be thinking about, all right, well, he in his mind, he might have moved off of Kirk Cousins. It's 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 very possible that Rick Spielman has said, it's been a good three-year run. This will be the last year Kirk Cousins. And so we can afford to sign Dalvin Cook to a contract because Jordan Love's going to be the quarterback that starts for us anyways in 2021 after we draft him in the first round and sit him for a year. I mean, I'm making that up. But I think they need upgrades if they want to win the Super Bowl, obviously. But the problem is, in order to clear room, this is what – like I feel like so many people are well, just get rid of Xavier Rhodes and Linval Joseph and you clear some room. Yeah, and now you still need potentially two starting cornerbacks with that money. And someone to replace Linval Joseph with that money. And probably an upgrade or two or maybe three on your offensive line. Like there's just not enough the Jaguars have $140 million in cap space, according to spotrack.com. The the average cap space mark is forty nine million, like I just said. I am with I'm I tend to be with Judd on this. I don't think they can even with how great Rob Brzezinski is, they can make moves, but I don't know if they can make impact moves in free agency or trade. That make them better. I really think it's about scheme and Kirk Cousins. Like, can Kirk Cousins win a couple more big games, make a couple more fourth quarter comebacks? Can they scheme their way to a better team? Cause I don't think it's going to happen. In fact,
1: I don't think even Rob Brzezinski can make it happen in two weeks. No, I don't, I just don't see how they can drastically improve this offseason. Most of the money that they're going to free up is going to have to go to either bringing back their own guys or just making Minor upgrades at other spots on the roster, and then trying to plug the holes if you don't use the money to bring back your own guys, trying yeah. to plug the holes with draft picks and other cut rate options. I don't see you can maybe maintain this level next year, but I don't see how you get drastically better, at least on paper. A lot of factors fall into it. There's another year in Gary Kubiak's system for her cousins and everybody in that offense to get comfortable. There's the schedule that you could have other teams have injury. There are a lot of things that are, that, we're, that we aren't and can't consider right now. That could happen in the next year or so. But as far as making this team drastically better on paper with what they have in terms of resources this offseason, I don't see how you make a drastic improvement. I just don't.
5: And I, I think the question, too, is do you try and sign Trey Waynes? Because I think he's going to get paid. I personally wouldn't. I, I think he's going to get paid like a starting corner that somebody values a lot. We've seen him play. I think he's a nice player, but w- would I give him a multi year, multi million dollar cap eating contract? I don't think so. I wouldn't. If I let Joseph go, that's purely predicated on, on the fact that I think I can identify probably a guard who is not a great free agent, but an upgrade. Pat Elfline was almost unplayable in 2019. That's a big,
4: but, if. That, yeah, that's, but a that's a big just whiff. helping,
5: but that's just trying to help myself. That's not making me yeah. a Super Bowl team. That's just trying to improve something that was really bad.
4: What's amazing is that it's possible that their best asset for improving this team is their first round pick. And that's putting a lot of pressure on a rookie. It also eliminates you from drafting a quarterback in the first round if you wanted to. uh, If, if, like, all the steam on Jordan Love, if that dude falls to
5: 25. Can you do that, though, back to back years? Because the Bradbury pick, I don't care what they say, that was the same thought process. Mm -hmm. We got to get offensive line help. Here's a center who. We think it's good. If the Vikings had been on the normal trajectory and hadn't felt pressure, I don't think there's any way. Now, they, they would say that they would, but I don't think there's any way that they take Bradbury last April. Yeah. So can you, back-to-back years, basically try and plug an immediate hole? Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Well, that's a good segue, because... I want to mock!
3: Mock! I want to mock! Mock! I want to because... Todd
4: Father Mock has spoken on ESPN.com and he was making the rounds on all of the ESPN Car Wash TV shows throughout the day today. Todd McShay's post-combine mock draft. I believe this is 3.0, but they have not put a
1: number on it. By the way, Randy tweeted today kind of cryptic, kind of ominous. Very Stefan Diggs-like. The tweet just read 3.0. 3.0. We're on 3 now, guys. We've got nothing, thanks to Phil Mackey. And his lame apology. I, ap- I apologize. Lame. know what else you want from me. Poorly. I have nothing left to say. Half-assedly apologize.
5: This, okay. this 3.0 is going on somewhere, and it's not on our airwaves anymore. I will nope.
4: I will remain silent on Monday if Randy wants to call in again. He seems to call in every Monday. Here's
5: what you got to do. you got to reach out to him. You've got to come to an agreement, and I want a press release email form to make him happy. Score <laughs> North and Randy release? from Cottage Grove oh, have reached God. an agreement... On a multi-year contract, maybe even open up the pocketbook. just going to throw that out. Well, there. if you do a press release, might as well
4: I mean, he did predict at one point Mike Hughes he nailed the Vikings first round
5: pick listen if he would we if he comes on and does 3.0, would we consider simulcasting it? Fm 107 KS95 don't really care where
4: I'll say this if if he nails a pick after the second after the first round, second round or later, we'll consider putting him on the payroll, okay. Because right. I think we can use that.
5: I'm just with Rami on this, <clears throat> but I digress. I want to mock, mock.
3: I want to mock, mock.
4: Back to the Todd Father post combine mock draft. He has Joe Burrow going number one of the Bengals. He has Chase Young going number two of the Redskins. And he he does not do trades. Todd Father does not do trades. Which so you guys know a little disappointing, All right? He's got cornerback Jeff Okuda mm-hmm. from Ohio State going to the. Detroit Lions at number three. Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson to the Giants at four. And Tua, the Dolphins at five. He has Jordan Love jumping all the way up to six. That's my guy. To the Chargers. That's the guy. That dude threw 17 picks last year. But Dan Orlovsky laid out this morning on Get Up that like seven or eight of them were just, it was like Hail Marys and
1: stuff that he had no control over. Every year until somebody who steals the spotlight from Patrick Mahomes Every year, we're going to go, this is the next Patrick Mahomes in the draft. There's going to be the Patrick Mahomes in every draft. Most of them will never be Patrick Mahomes. Most of them will fall flat on their face and fail. Jordan Love is this year's Patrick Mahomes of the 2020 NFL draft. And
4: the reality is, if there is a next Patrick Mahomes in this draft, it's Tua. Probably not Jordan Love, but teams are going to try and take a stab
5: at it. I'm getting on the Jordan Love train. When is somebody going to have the uh, intestinal fortitude to have Tua going to the the Bengals at one?
1: How about that? Sorry. Oh, that's good.
5: Thank you. Sorry.
4: That's going to happen at some
5: point. Somebody's got to do that, right? Get on the love train. Well, you would think so. That's happened. Yeah. Maybe Uh, (laughs) draftblaster.com. Tua being number one to the Bengals. It has to happen at some point. If, If things continue to go well... Smug Joe. I mean, he's good, but Tua is Tua is potentially the guy. Wait, you gave him
1: a nickname. He's
5: Smug oh, Joe. Sm- now? I like to wipe that smile off his face with <laughs> the back of my hand.
4: Where's Herbert going? Herbert's going thirteen to the Colts, the fourth quarterback off the board. Yep. And then we had a run on tackles, offensive tackles in there. We get down into the twenties, creeping up to the Minnesota Vikings at number twenty-five, according to Todd Father Mock, Todd McShay cornerback Alabama, Trayvon Diggs.
5: I want to mock! Mock!
3: I want to mock!
4: Mock! The brother of Stefan Diggs. And according to McShay's write-up, Diggs is ultra versatile, has a really good closing burst. It's a very football-like sentence. And since he grew up playing wide receiver like his brother Stefan, Diggs has excellent ball skills as well. Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, and Marcus Sherrill's are all free agents and 29-year-old Xavier Rhodes struggled all season. The Vikings had 17 picks last year, tied for third most in the NFL, and Mike Zimmer isn't afraid to draft a day-one cornerback, two since 2015, to keep the secondary strong amid potential losses. So It's plausible. Cornerback is a very likely position for the Vikings to draft at if,
5: 25. If they cut Rhodes, which I think they're going to have to do, and he doesn't come back, and Waynes walks and Alexander walks, mm-hmm. you might just have to. Yeah, there, there might not be a choice here. Because Mike Hughes comes back, but he had a broken back. So this is no slam dunk that he's back day one, right? Mike Mike said, yeah, he'll be fine. It's like, he has a broken vertebrae. He might not be fine. Holton Hill, I like, but he's not reliable. Chris Boyd, I believe, is young still. He might be okay. But you might have no choice but to take a cornerback. And I will say, if you need a cornerback, I've always thought they're first-round picks. If we've seen this team how many times A lot times of third-round third yeah. dudes. Well, let's take Marcus McCauley. Allens. Let's yeah. take Asher Allen. A lot of Asher Allen. Josh Allens. Robinson. <laughs> oh, my God. Last time I saw him playing, the ball was from uh, – Rodgers was flying by the guy's ear hole. Yep. Yeah, those guys are train wrecks.
4: Uh, you can find Matthew Collar is already in full draft simulation mode on scorenorth.com if you want to just read draft simulations. They have started on scorenorth.com and Purple Daily – is doing near daily, if not daily, draft simulations. Two to four o'clock, led by Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels, Courtney Cronin, etc. cetera. Um, so you can find Purple Daily also on demand, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app. When we come back, cram session includes another episode of Fire Extend or Year to Year. All right, back to Mackie and Jeb with Rami here in a second. But let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company for a brief moment. Federated has been helping business owners around the Twin Cities and around the country. For over 100 years, Federated is based in Owatonna, Minnesota. And uh, with Federated, if you're a business owner, you tap into over a century of experience, a face-to-face relationship with someone who will be very attentive to the success of your business. And that's how they measure their success, by the success of their clients. Simply put, if you win, they win. The seasoned insurance professionals at Federated will help you manage risks to help you avoid the devastation that comes with filing a claim. And if you do have to file a claim, you can take comfort in knowing that the extensive team of professionals is here to put their knowledge and experience to work for you. You want that peace of mind as a business owner. When something bad happens to the company that you built, you want your insurance team ready with a game plan that puts you on the recovery path smoothly and gets your business back on track. Federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries that Federated protects. And remember, Federated, it's their business to protect yours.
2: Jonathan here with the Score North Download. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available right now over at scorenorth.com. You can play 12, 18-hole rounds at 12 beautiful courses for just one low price of $75. That's a $435 value for just $75. Supply is limited. Visit scorenorth.com keyword deals to purchase and learn more. have been talking quite a bit about Brady and where he's going to go in the free agency market this year. You guys just want to hear why Dan Rolowski thinks the Raiders are a good fit? Because I just sure, want everybody to go to the Raiders. What the hell? Starting with the Raiders, first of all there's a lot of good, young, talented
3: pieces on offense. Good offensive line, Tyrell Williams at receiver, Darren Waller was an 1,100-yard tight end, Josh Jacobs, the rookie running at 1,300 yards uh, combined offense, so good young pieces on offense. Number two, $55 million in cap space to go spend, and they have two first-round picks to invest into that team. Number three, John Gruden wins with all their QBs. Brad Johnson, Rich Gannon, Jeff Garcia, he can do that. Those are the pros for the Raiders. Green, the Raiders are a really, really good fit, but the fact that you have to play Mahomes twice, no matter how good those pieces are on offense, and you know you have to beat him to go win your division, something that Brady has done, obviously, in the AFC East, is the challenge, but this is a really good fit.
2: I just want everybody to go to the Raiders because that is also very much into the chaos pool of the NFL free agency. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami.
0: Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions,
3: one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Who's the winner? Oh, my bad. There we
4: go. That's the right button. Double dribble. On the season so far, Judd has six wins in Cram Session. I have one, and Rami has one. So Judd has been the dominant force through the first two months of 2020 in Cram Session, where Jonathan asks us three questions and then grades us and scores us based on our answers to those questions. He awards a point to who he thinks won the question. So, Jonathan, why don't you fire away with your first question?
2: All right, going off a question you guys had yesterday about which one would be easier to replace between Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, or Kirk Cousins, I'm going to give you three Minnesota sports legends, and I want you to replace I want you to tell me who's going to be the easiest to replace with equal or lesser value. You don't have to give me a player. Just tell me who's the easiest to replace, and you still get the same amount of value from that replacement. Randy Moss, Kevin Garnett, or Kirby Puckett?
4: i got to say, he was my favorite as a kid, but it's Kirby Puckett. It's Kirby Puckett. Because the other guys, I don't think, even though Kirby Puckett's a Hall of Famer, all three of these guys are Hall of Famers, Kevin Garnett and Randy Moss at one point or another in their careers for stretches were considered the best player in their sport. Garnet it was probably like a two year stretch. Was c-
1: Garnett the best in the sport at he, one point?
4: He was M V P in O three, O four, putting up ridiculous like twenty, fifteen and okay. five numbers.
1: I mean we could fight it. No, but- no, maybe for those couple years you might be right. I wasn't Doubting you or questioning you, I was yeah. legitimately asking. It if there sounded was,
5: like you were, and I if, don't mind that. No, no, just it, was,
1: it, it was, it was, it
5: post- was I don't know how you
1: heard. It. No, I mean we can have this debate.
4: <laughs> we, we should. It's it's for the health of the question. Yeah. So well, this was it. the post MJ era. It was it was like Kobe was emerging into his peak. Shaq mm-hmm. was kind of coming. Shaq From was Duncan? still amazing. Garnett and Duncan were sort of toe to toe. Every okay. other year. All right. Uh, but like the cream of the crap players at that point in the NBA, because LeBron hadn't come into the league. No Jordan. It was basically KG, Duncan, Kobe, and Shaq. And then whoever emerged in the East once in a while, like Allen Iverson.
1: I also say it's Kirby Puckett. A little bit different line of reasoning, though. First of all, Randy Moss. When Randy Moss was at the height of Randy Moss' powers, he may have been the greatest wide receiver to ever step on a football field. Didn't put together the greatest career. That's still Jerry Rice. He's the GOAT of wide receivers. But you're talk- at, at the peak of their powers, there might not be anybody better than Randy Moss who's ever played the wide receiver position, so that's obviously not replaceable in terms of getting equal or better value. Kevin Garnett, and just, even if he wasn't the best player in the league, the weight that superstars carry in the NBA, like, that's really all you need to turn yourself into a contender, unless that superstar is Carl Anthony Towns. That's really all you need to turn yourself into a contender is one superstar player in the NBA, and you're off and going. Whereas in baseball, we've seen... (laughs) <laughs> that having a superstar player doesn't necessarily put you in a position to succeed. Mike Trout has never played a ba- has never played a playoff game, his entire career. He may be the greatest baseball player. That's true. I think so. Wow. I don't think Mike won Trout won. Did he play in yeah, one? They I thought they they the playoffs win. once. I okay. they okay. were won. Yeah. I stand corrected then. I That's hope, still amazing. I hope the yeah. judge doesn't hold that against me. The fact that maybe the greatest baseball player of all time has been to the playoffs maybe one time. Tells you the weight that baseball players carry. Superstar baseball yeah. players carry. My trout has one hit in his in the postseason.
5: Crazy. So he did get in a playoff game. Man. All right. So I'm going to say Kirby Puckett. Okay. It's Kirby for me. So both of you are saying Kirby. Yeah.
2: All right. I'm going to.
1: going to take a different approach just yeah. to try and get the point.
2: Well, I'm going to look at have on. one prepared for everybody just in case.
5: <laughs> I would respect that actually. I totally would too. I'm going to look at how the question is worded exactly easiest to replace, and here's the thing about Kirby, and why I'm not going to say Kirby. Kirby played in two Game 7s, World Series, and won both of them. And Kirby Puckett single-handedly, which is damn near impossible in Game 6, won that game with the great catch of the uh, Gant fly ball to the plexiglass, and then the, we'll see you tomorrow night, home run. And what Kirby Puckett brought to that team on and off the field, I saw it. It I can't explain it exactly but the intangibles were so high. So I'm going to say Garnett because I'm with both of you guys. I think Moss is one of the great Moss might be the greatest single athlete I've seen in the history of the state at the height of his powers. So I can't say Moss despite the fact that Moss didn't win nor get to a Super Bowl. Garnett was a great player and Garnett took the Wolves a long way, but if I had to replace one and I saw and having seen all three play quite a bit I'm going to say Garnett is the one that I could replace because I can't take away a guy who won two World Series and again in '91 in Game Six, put the team, as he said, on his back and won. It. And I feel like putting Garnett
4: on the top of this list, like you just did. I feel like that's punishing him for having crappy teammates and a crappy front office because we saw once Kevin Garnett went to Boston, he was a super huge part of a championship team. I just
2: can't knock Puckett off the. I can't make Puckett the guy. That I take off. Okay. The reason why I won't pick Garnett here is because you look at what the Wolves were before him and what they've been since. Since he's been gone, they're not. They're not good. They haven't been good. They've been nowhere close to good. So I can't pick Garnett here. So I have to agree with you guys, Kirby Puckett and Rami's reasoning that Randy Moss was the greatest wide receiver at his peak, maybe ever. And then all you need sometimes is a superstar in the NBA to help you be good. Is the closest to the reason why I would choose Kirby Puckett.
4: Yes! Rami up one nothing. There we go.
5: Yeah. Start. Fire extend.
2: Played
4: it to safe year. today,
1: by the way. Very reserved.
5: Wait, so Puckett. So, so you took Puckett yeah. off? Yeah. So
1: Phil didn't. Phil. We both said Kirby. Okay, Puckett. Both said Kirby yeah, I okay. Mean, so it's I one made, I, liked, I just made a better case. For I like
2: Rami's reason. Yeah. Oh, board. so you? Whoa. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh Fire oh. extend year oh. to year. I mm-hmm. want you to choose one of these three nights, essentially, or days. NFL free agency opening night, NFL draft round one night, or NFL conference finals day.
5: This takes me two seconds to do. Same. I am extending free really? uh, two seconds. Easy.
2: I am extending free agency
5: every time. And if if you had said NBA July first, mm-hmm. I'd say the same. I love the opening day of free agency, where where name players jump from team to team. So I'm extending. National Football League free agency. Year to year, I'm going with the two games, conference finals, for sure. And fire, I have long said I'm not that big a draft night guy. It takes too long to work through the draft. Wow. Agreed. I I don't really – you know what? Since the first round went to prime time and it's just the first round, it's better. But I'm not Mr. Three Days of Draft coverage. So it's pretty simple for me. Free agency gets the extension every time. I'm going to watch the two conference games, go year-to-year with those, and fire round one. I'm close to Judd. For me, the game is first and
1: foremost. Give me the NFL conference championships. That that I'll take. That I'm, that I'm extending. Year-to-year is NFL free agency, although if I could give an extension to two, I'd give it to free agency as well. But I'm going to keep them on a year-to-year contract. I'm with Judd. And the draft on TV or here on Score North is is fine if you're if you're a football junkie if you 're a draft nerd, you get all the analysis of people telling you about the pick in between the picks strengths weaknesses you'll get a cool highlight reel, but I really don't understand people going to the draft and watching Roger Goodell or his replacement after night one walking up to a podium in a suit every ten minutes and going with the so and so pick in the so and so draft, such and such team takes so and so player from so and so university. How is that entertaining? How's that exciting? Well, you're saying that you're those guys. I would never attend the draft. Okay, but that's not the question. It's one thing on TV. It's palatable on TV. We do a great job here on Score North, and I'm sure we will again. But wow, of these promo for that. Of these 3 Of these three, the NFL draft. Join us for
2: four hours because it may be good. I said
1: we'll do a good job. The NFL draft can go away if if one of these has to be fired. The NFL draft can go away for me. So and again, I'm not doing this just to be different.
4: Mm -hmm. I disagree with these two. I I agree in part with Rami here. I extend NFL conference finals day. So it's fire extend year to year. I extend conference finals day because it is it is a full glorious day of football. You wake up in the morning, the birds are chirping. The sky is birds well, might not be chirping, probably probably, probably gray and cold, but like, in my mind, the birds are chirping, <laughs> and it's glorious outside. There's not a cloud in the sky, and you get seven hours of actual football from front to back, and all the buildup and the celebration and just it's it's a full day. to me, it's like, I think I like to plan out, okay. Should I go, like, should we do a brunch beforehand and then load up on snacks and then watch the – like, there's so much to plan to do, and it, it's amazing. So I'm extending NFL Conference Finals Day. It's the best day of football. Is the best weekend for me. It's, yeah, that's a good weekend, too. I mean, really, like, every playoff weekend is amazing, to be honest. I'm going year to year. Well, I'm, I'm firing NFL free agency opening, and I'm going year to year on the draft. And I'm firing NFL free agency opening begrudgingly because I love all three of these things. Whoa! Like Rami doesn't like the draft. I like all three of these things, and the reason I would choose NFL draft round one over NFL free agency opening is because you get five or six hours of just nonstop compelling drama countdowns, like everything that you would need to stay glued to the TV from storylines and potential trades, and where like the Vikings are going to pick somebody. Are the Vikings going to trade back in? Like there's there's national angles, there's local angles. And there's so much to look at. Um, and NFL free agency opening, I have nothing bad to say other than, like, it's just third on my list, and I have to fire the third thing on the list. Sorry. Sorry, NFL free agency opening.
2: I'm going to give the point to Judd here because I love free agency opening. Yeah! I love all the rumors surrounding it. You know, the guys on NFL Network staying up till 3 in the morning giving us the latest reports of who's signing where. Tom Palisaro going... <laughs> Yes. Into his basement. Uh, I love conference finals, but it's just a little bit less than than free agency. And the draft, if I'm having to fire one of them, it's going to be the draft. I love the draft. I love opening night because of all the drama and the trades and everything that goes along with it. But of the three, it's the lesser one. So, Judd, you get the point here. I watched almost too much soccer. I'm pretty sure my wife got irritated with how much soccer I watched this weekend with MLS coming back and the European League still being on. So this weekend, Liverpool lost to Watford. That may not mean a whole lot to you if you haven't been following the Premier League this season. Oh man, that was huge! But uh, besides Rami's sarcasm, there—what do you Liverpool mean sarcasm? <laughs> I'm telling you, that was big. Besides the condescending tone from Rami, what Liverpool...
1: condescending?
2: I don't understand. Huge <laughs> upset. Liverpool haven't <laughs> lost a league game since we switched to Score North. They they have been undefeated since then. They've drawn some exactly. But they haven't lost since we switched to Score North. Watford, well, they're on their third coach this season. Watford
4: Wait, they're did, on their third coach this season. This season, with the second guy got fired. Too? <laughs> the second guy
1: got fired. Yes. Why did the second guy get fired? Is Winston Monster general manager? What's, what's going on here?
4: <laughs>
2: How did they're, the second they're, guy they're get <laughs> fired? Is, their owner's legitimately nuts. He's ridiculous. Oh,
4: I love that. When you fire your first coach, so
2: like, they I don't, fired their first coach, I believe after three or four games.
4: Here's the thing, okay? I don't know a lot about the Premier League, but I know that there's seven teams that matter. And Watford's not one of them. No. So if you're one of the teams that doesn't really matter and you have no chance to win and you fire your coach because your low bar for expectations has not been met, so it's even lower now, why are you firing the second guy?
2: Because they hadn't won a game, I believe, until December.
4: Yeah, they're not supposed to. They're Watford. This is
2: a team that is legitimately terrible this year. They've been in the relegation zone every single week, and yet they shut out maybe one of the best teams we've ever seen in world soccer, 3-0. On Saturday to end one of the greatest runs in Premier League history. What is the biggest upset that you've seen in your lifetime?
5: Ooh, they're outside the, the relegation right now. They though. climbed out of it because yeah. of this win. Bournemouth is. By uh, one goal. Bournemouth Okay. Can
4: right. I answer Rami getting a point on the first question after uh, that's the biggest <laughs> upset that I've seen after how disrespectful he's been to Judge Jonathan all week?
5: How have I been disrespectful? What, what <laughs> do you mean all week? Tape. What do you mean all week?
4: <laughs> all year. <laughs> I don't know. What so you guys far, are to judge, your Your contempt
5: for soccer. Well, Judge's
4: the only one that saw like the upset of all upsets in this room. Hey, don't steal the, my thunder. The 1980. Well, go ahead. Don't the 1980
5: Miracle on Ice. Yeah, that's easily the biggest upset of my lifetime, and it will always be, and it won't. Nothing will get close. Uh, You're talking about there's because this was a bunch of U.S. kids, amateurs playing hockey against professional Russian players who were the great who were the greatest team at that. time. They used to take on NHL teams. And beat them. They were that good. So I'll clear out. But yeah, that's that I will go to my grave with that being the greatest upset that I will see. Okay. Because there's no pro sports teams that can play that can rival the disparity in those two teams. Maybe team sports. You're right, Jed. But there's
1: no bigger upset than Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson. That was nobody. Actually, this was bigger. No way impossible buster uh, douglas was some schlub on, a with point. a beer belly and man boobs and nobody expected this to even be a fight it was just it was just the next patsy on mike tyson's schedule that he was going to run right through and i don't know about Sh- you guys schlub is a great word it's a fantastic word
2: i don't know about you
1: i was a huge mike tyson guy growing up like growing up i had like andre dawson michael jordan walter payton And Mike Tyson, like those were the guys.
5: I'm sure those other three were real glad to be included with Mike Tyson. I was, I, I, I was so
1: shocked that he lost that fight. I cried, I cried that Mike Tyson lost. I was like, this just is not supposed to happen. This is something. Were you like emotionally attached to Mike Tyson? I was a huge
5: Mike Tyson fan. Yeah, it happened at like 1 a.m. here, right? Yeah, I don't know if I if I heard about it as it it happened live. Yeah, I don't know if I
1: if I watched it live or if I heard about it happening live. But I remember. Finding out Mike Tyson lost that fight and crying because it was that big of a disappointment and an upset if you were a Mike Tyson fan, man. No, now, you're telling me that the American hockey team, yes. they were more schlubby than Buster Douglas? They were
5: a collection of kids and they were playing the biggest hockey powerhouse in the world at the time. Hmm.
4: Those upsets are great, gentlemen. <laughs> Those upsets are
5: great. <laughs> I like the condescending backdoor move to try and clear us both out. It's actually pretty good. It's like we're bowling pins. You get the ball. Bang. But on April
4: 6, 2014, in front of a sold out crowd of 75,167 inside the Mercedes Benz Superdome, a man by the name of Daniel Bryan oh, here we go. won two matches. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Jesus. I should have known. One against Triple H one of the most legendary performers in wrestling history. Scary thing is to judge my bias. He's going to get the point. He's scary thing is to gonna judge my going to get the point. And then bias. later on in the night, he had to win that match just to get to the championship this match. A- and he had to wrestle two WWE legendary
5: Hall of Famers. Can the show end while both he's rested so no one gets the point.
4: Dave Batista and Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan. I believe with the Yes Lock on Dave Batista, made Dave Batista tap out. That's right. Daniel Bryan, two amazing upset match wins in one night at WrestleMania 30 in 2014. Out of Greatest sheer upset I've respect seen. Respect for
2: the audacity to answer this question this is- with Daniel Bryan. Phil Mackey's going to get the point. We have a tie here. So I have a tiebreaker question. I can yes. see this.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> this is a bu- this uh, is. I gave you the greatest upset. I gave you the greatest yeah, upset. Yes, the greatest upset. Yes, this is yes. ridiculous. No I'm doing a, a poll right now. No, you gave me the actual
2: greatest upset. It was Leicester City winning the yeah, Premier on, me, League title. I'm going to read the question one, more one time. Odds.
1: By the way, we
4: have one minute left of the show yeah. here. So. so trivia
2: question. Hey, no laptops? No laptops. Okay. How much money, according to Spotrak, has Tom Brady made in his career? NFL contracts only.
1: Just NFL contracts? Yeah, whoever's closest. $400 million. Dollars. Wow. Final answer. I'm
4: going to say, oh, my gosh. I'm going to say
5: 200, $280 million. Dollars. Okay. I'm going to say he's taking a bunch of discount discounted deals when he's cheated, I think, uh, with Patriots. I'm going to say three hundred.
2: million. Phil, you are the closest. You win today. Come I from know. behind, win. This Unreal. The total is two hundred thirty-five million one hundred sixty-six thousand. Amazing. Yes, we now have
4: a great stuff total. Amazing.
2: So Phil Match is getting the win today.
4: I would like to thank the Ultimate Warrior for hooking yeah. me into wrestling in the early nineteen nineties. I'd like to thank uh, Bryan, Vin- Vince McMahon for launching density.
5: the world. Just thank the judge. Team. Nice work, Rob Manfred.
4: Uh, so that is uh, that is my second win of the year in cram session. Rami still with one. Judd still with a commanding lead. Rami, you got completely Six screwed. Victories. Thank you. Thank you, you know. Screwed I know.
5: Like, I don't agree with you, but you did come up with um, sort of an off-the-chart one I didn't see coming. Yeah, I was good. Come on.
4: By the
2: way, I didn't even the get into the audacity, man.
4: The weight difference too. I mean, Daniel Bryan it's not is not like, real <laughs> middleweight. It's not real. That was scripted. Oh, okay. Let me put you in a yes lock after the show in the hallway and see how you quick think you Tyson tap took out. A dive? I Athlete don't challenge. know what a yes lock is. What <laughs> do you is the yes chance
5: <laughs> that Tyson took a dive? <laughs> I'll
1: let you put me in a yes lock if I get to put you in a sharpshooter.
4: <laughs> Game on! <laughs> All All right, look. I love Absolute Jess. Challenge. Great challenge. Okay. Yes. Mackie and Joe with Rami on demand, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app. We'll see you guys tomorrow for cram session. Or for write that down.